0: I want to start out by talking about the ridiculous, ridiculous clip that has been resurfaced that shows Joe Biden saying that he actually likes Dick Cheney. And I know you're probably familiar with Dick Cheney, but let's go over some of the things that Dick Cheney is known for. He's a complete war hawk, he's a disaster. And actually, Jordan, let me pull it up jordan said it best Uh, my phone is trying to recognize my face it's not doing a good job so one second here one second as i unlock my phone so jordan put out a tweet saying dick cheney is an immoral psychopath war criminal the fact that joe biden doesn't recognize this is the clear sign that he himself is a warmonger who sees hundreds of thousands of iraqi deaths and all the lives the u.s has lost is just the price of business so the fact that joe biden is essentially praising dick cheney is absolutely disgusting here's who dick cheney is in case you've forgotten in case you were too young during that period, or just as a refresher, so that you're just as angry as we are at Status Quo that Joe Biden, the current front runner, by the way, of the Democratic primary, according to polls. And we'll actually see if that's the case. Um, who dick cheney really is so dick cheney is a complete war hawk has advocated for going to war for his entire career essentially and has lied about the reasons for u.s invasion he started out working for the national government during nixon's administration and he was the secretary of defense under h.w bush He oversaw the first Gulf War and American operations against Saddam Hussein. He said things like this in 2002, for example. We now know that Saddam Hussein has resumed his efforts to acquire nuclear weapons. Simply stated, there is no doubt that Saddam Hussein now has weapons of mass destruction. There is no doubt that he is amassing them to use against our friends, against our allies, and against us. And again, that was August 2002 by Dick Cheney. You know the one who Joe Biden likes and thinks is his friend. And the Iraq war was of course costly and deadly and is now extremely unpopular. And in fact those who voted for it, like Joe Biden, are equally as unpopular in their votes. Those who voted for it and advocated for it are now very much looked down upon except Joe Biden is so out of the moment that he doesn't even understand this. He can't even use his political mojo to realize that he shouldn't be saying crap like this. Now, given the clip that we're going to talk about where he says that that he actually likes Dick Cheney was in 2015, but he knew he was going to be running for president. So you think he'd be politically smarter, but no, he's Hillary Clinton 2.0 and will continue to make gaffe after gaffe. So Dick Cheney and friends used 9-11 to start the war on terror, which they expanded into Iraq, which we invaded in 2003, and it lasted until 2011. And Cheney, through his entire career, as I said, has been obsessed with Iraq. Um, Saddam Hussein remained in power throughout the 1990s, even though we imposed sanctions and made a regime change to replace Hussein with someone who was more friendly to the United States. And Cheney has wanted regime change since at least 1997, and he, Wolfowitz, Rumsfeld etc founded the project for a new American century which was a think tank that called for Hussein's removal and if you haven't studied the project for a new American century I highly recommend you do because it is an insane think tank the the stuff that they did is crazy and Abby Martin's brother Robbie Martin actually has a three or four part documentary out that talks about all this stuff and all the war hawkery that was going on And all the shenanigans behind the new American century. So I do recommend that documentary for sure. Um, And because Cheney wanted to go to war with Iraq so badly, he had to figure out a reason. And one of those reasons was to try to to tie Al-Qaeda together with Iraq. And he was trying to sell war to the American people. And he said things like, we know that he has a long-standing government with various terrorist groups, including the Al-Qaeda organization, meaning Saddam Hussein. And, and he also said his regime aids and protects terrorists, including members of Al-Qaeda. So it's important to note that those are two different groups and there's no link between the two, even though he tried to link them. Both the 9-11 Commission and the CIA said that there is no proof that Al-Qaeda and the Iraqi government were linked. But the Bush administration, including Dick Cheney, argued that we needed to invade Iraq and overthrow Hussein because he had weapons of mass destruction, which of course turned out not to be the case. Cheney manipulated the CIA, gained access to unverified documents, including one that alleged that Iraq had tried to purchase 500 tons of uranium from Niger. The International Atomic Energy Agency also had those documents and said that they were forgeries, but Cheney didn't care because it didn't fit the narrative. So we have Cheney, who lied about connections between al-Qaeda and Iraq, manipulated the CIA, misrepresented intelligence, lied to the American people, and used his position as the vice president of the United States to go to an illegitimate war that cost thousands of Iraqi lives, thousands of American lives, and its absolutely despair. That anyone could say that they are friends with this person or that they like this person is completely crazy. And Joe Biden is this uh, completely crazy apparently because that's what he has done. So this clip of him, which I will play, saying that he likes um, Dick Cheney has resurfaced and a lot of people are talking about it. So let's go through some of the responses to this other than my response, which is, Oh my gosh who could vote for Joe Biden why would anyone vote for him he apparently likes regime change he apparently likes war he apparently loves Dick Cheney why 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 would anyone on the Democratic side vote for this warmonger Joe Biden let's go to the Business Insider Joe Biden's past praise for Dick Cheney is suddenly getting attention one week into his 2020 campaign. And that's because of the video, that surface that I keep talking about, that I will go ahead and show you. I don't know if it's on this page, but I think I'm going to show it sooner than I was originally. So here it is in a Chris Hayes tweet. Let's see open this up, play the clip here.
1: Dick Cheney for real? First of all, I actually like Dick Cheney for real. I I get on with him. I think he's a decent man. Um, And uh, um, When I went to see him, uh, I didn't talk to him before first of all, I actually like Dick Cheney for real. I, I get on with him. I think he's a decent man, um, and, uh, um.
0: Now there you have it. There's the clip that everyone is talking about. Everyone is just disgusted, except for Joe Biden's supporters, which again, how could you be one of those people? You're not supposed to be a, a Dick Cheney fan if you are on the Democratic side. So, how could you be a Joe Biden fan? And yet, he is first in the polling. So, here's the insider's breakdown of this Former Vice President Joe Biden praised former Vice President Dick Cheney in 2015, and he's facing criticism for it now in his 2020 campaign. What Biden said at the time I actually like Dick Cheney for real. I get on with him i think he's a decent man who could get on with a war hawk a warmonger someone who lied to the american people who could admit that even if they thought that biden is clearly not a guy who's smart at politics he is hillary clinton 2.0 and i'll say it again and again he's actually i think worse than hillary clinton now, Biden is the frontrunner for the 2020 Democratic nomination, and his long record in public life is under increasing scrutiny as the race picks up steam. Former Vice President Joe Biden's past praise for his immediate predecessor is garnering a fair amount of negative attention just one week into his 2020 campaign. During an event at George Washington University in October 2015, Biden said he thought former Vice President Dick Cheney is a, quote, decent man. I actually like Dick Cheney for real, Biden said at the time. I get on with him. I think he's a decent man. The former vice president also said Cheney was extremely helpful in teaching him about the requirements of the office after the 2008 election as he transitioned into the role. He was extremely helpful and gracious about the office and the legal parameters of the office, Biden said of Cheney. This was not the only time Biden has praised Cheney. When Cheney's bust was unveiled at the U.S. Capitol in December 2015, Biden quipped, As I look around this room and up on the platform, I want to say thank you for letting me crash your family reunion. I'm afraid I've blown his cover. I actually like Dick Cheney. Biden's affinity for Cheney is apparently quite mutual. In August 2015, for example, Cheney said he hoped Biden would run for president in 2016. I'd love to see Joe get in the race, Cheney said at the time again democrats and republicans are essentially the same thing biden didn't ultimately run that year but as his 2020 campaign picks up steam five years later the former vice president is getting slammed for praising his immediate predecessor a clip of biden's flattering remarks about cheney resurfaced on twitter on thursday and went viral causing cheney to rise to the top five trends in the country by early evening A number of media figures went after biden for expressing warm feelings towards someone they regard as a war criminal and expressed dismay that he is the 2020 democratic front runner at present cheney is widely regarded as the architect of the 2003 invasion of iraq and the catalyst for a number of controversial policies the bush administration implemented following the terror attacks of september 11 2001 including in quotes, enhanced interrogation techniques. And that's something we haven't talked about are those enhanced interrogation techniques, such as waterboarding. That these people mutually praise each other once again shows you that Democrats and Republicans are not really that different, especially when you get into those Joe Biden characters, what Obama turned out to be, what Hillary Clinton is, They're not different than George Bush. They're not different than Dick Cheney. That's why it is so frustrating what the Democratic Party has turned into what it's always been. Now, people like Bernie Sanders are trying to transform it. Even though Bernie, you know, has always run as an independent in his Senate races. He is running um, on the Democratic side, Democratic Party for president. That's kind of what you have to do if you want to run for president in our two-party system, in our two-party country. Uh, Let's get into some more um, from what Newsweek has to say about this and some more of what the people's opinions have been about this. Here we have Newsweek. Former Vice President and current 2020 Democratic presidential candidate Joe Biden was hit with criticism Thursday over a 2015 video showing him offering nuanced praise for Dick Cheney. Biden made the now controversial remark in October 2015 at the Walter Mondale, A Living Legacy event held at George Washington University and sponsored by the University of Minnesota's Trachtenberg School of Public Policy and Public Administration. We've already read the the exact quote and you've seen the video. Biden said during the event that Cheney was an extremely powerful vice president and had his own national security team. Biden added Cheney had a very different relationship with President Bush than Biden did during his two terms with President Barack Obama. The honoree of the 2015 event, Walter Mondale, who was Vice President under President Jimmy Carter and later the 1984 Democratic uh, Democratic Party presidential nominee, subsequently separated himself from Biden's opinion of Cheney. So that's telling right there. So here we have some of the opinions. This is a problem. A decent man doesn't mislead a country into a misguided war that kills thousands of American GIs and leads to the death of hundreds of thousands of civilians, wrote Mother Jones's David Corn Thursday. Sean King said, y'all come get your dude. He went on and on about how much he likes Pence too. Disgusting. AJ Plus producer Sana Saeed said, without exaggeration, Dick Cheney is one of the most evil men to set foot in this world, a man behind whom a trail of war crimes follow. And Biden thinks he's a decent man. Is this your man, Democrats? Both Cheney and President George W. Bush have been the target of Trump family trash talk, with Donald Trump Jr. saying his father is ending his reckless and endless wars in March after he briefly criticized the Trump administration's foreign policy. Cheney is derided in many liberal circles as a pro-war hawk who helped lead the push into a prolonged and deadly war in the Middle East following the September 11, 2001 terror attacks. A five-term member of Congress former White House Chief of Staff and Secretary of Defense Cheney had an historically low approval rating of 13% when he left office in January 2009. The fact that Dick Cheney had an approval rating of 13% when he left office should signal to people like Joe Biden that it's probably not a great idea to say that you are best buddies with him when you're trying to run for president but of course it's going to roll off his back like everything else has done. Joe Biden has also been accused of inappropriate touching and kissing and sniffing of hair and that apparently hasn't hurt him in the polls and in fact he's been bolstered in the polls and it doesn't make any sense His comments from 2015 and that he no doubt still holds today also don't make any sense. Let's go through some more opinions because I find it fascinating to read what people have to say. And it's actually quite encouraging, you know, under these distressing circumstances uh, that there are sane people in the world. So here we have a free beacon, compilation of reactions. Uh, The headline, Ocasio-Cortez's chief of staff says Biden's praise of Dick Cheney is a dangerously radical view. Shoykat Chakrabarty, the chief staff for freshman representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, slammed former vice president and 2020 candidate Joe Biden on Thursday night for his past praise of former vice president Dick Cheney. I want to say um one second here let me put myself back up i do want to give the disclaimer that i used to be a volunteer for justice democrats in brand new congress so i worked under shoicot worked on um, alexandria's campaign and all that so i just want to get that disclaimer out of the way just because i'm reading a quote from him i guess back in 2015 biden complimented cheney who served two terms as George W. Bush's vice president during an event at George Washington University. He called him a decent man and talked about how he was extremely helpful, blah, blah, blah. We've we've read that. Biden's praise of Cheney resurfaced this week, prompting Chakrabarty to criticize him on Twitter, saying Cheney represents the depravity of evil. So here's exactly what Shoikot said. Washington is full of decent men doing evil. Joe Biden's take here is a predominant sentiment in D.C. People here prioritize the appearance of decency over the depravity of evil. This is not how the rest of America thinks. And that's why this is a dangerously radical view. Chakrabarty wasn't the only Democrat to attack Biden over his praise of Cheney. Daily Kos founder, Marcos mulistas excuse me if I pronounce that incorrectly, Former Hillary Clinton advisor Zach Petkanis and Black Lives Matter activist Sean King all tweeted their outrage over the old footage. So Marcos said, hey Democrats, you nostalgic about the Bush years? You know, perpetual war, civil liberties violations, shooting friends in the face? Yeah, then you're in luck. Biden is your guy. Sean King said, it's not Biden's gaffes that disturb me so much. It's his measured, well-thought-out takes on Dick Cheney, Mike Pence, Anita Hill, personal space in the Me Too movement, mass incarceration, the Iraq War, NAFTA, and credit card companies and bankruptcies. Very good points with Sean King. And Zach Pitskanis said, yikes, 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 which basically sums it up and cynthia nixon said joe biden you've just called america's most anti-lgbt elected leader a decent guy so there are many many reasons why joe biden should not be supportive or friends with or praising dick cheney she also said please consider how this falls on the ears of our community at dr biden joe biden in February uh, 20 excuse me in February twenty eighth, 2019 responded you're right Cynthia I was making a point in a foreign policy context that under normal circumstances a vice president wouldn't be given a silent reaction on the world stage but there is nothing decent about being anti LGBTQ rights and that includes the vice president so there you go there's a political answer for you from back in February We'll see how he responds to this latest gaffe that was from years ago. And no doubt he will be pressured to make a response, at least in my opinion, because this is such a big deal. It's, it's really important that he does respond to this. Does he still hold these views? Does he Is he going to, uh, you know, have a disclaimer against Dick Cheney now? Even if he does, it doesn't matter because we know what his true views are. Joe Biden will continue to say terrible things. Terrible things will continue to surface about Joe Biden because he's a terrible candidate for president. I'm not going to say he's a terrible human being, although because he supports the warmongering of Dick Cheney and the Bush administration, that kind of does put him in the terrible human being category, wouldn't you say? I don't know. I i'm not surprised about this i am just thoroughly thoroughly disgusted about this joe biden should not be any kind of front runner in the democratic primary that's for darn sure now let's talk medicare for all in my opinion this is absolutely the number one issue that i'm voting on this year and forever more until we have it Because it's so, um, it affects everybody. It affects everybody in our country from those who are middle class to those who are poor. I mean, the wealthy don't really seem to care about Medicare for all because they're able to afford their medical payments, their insurance, everything like that but wealthy people with hearts, of course, care about those who don't have the kind of money that they have. But I digress. (laughs) I think Medicare for all, you know, I just, and that includes medications. I just went to refill some prescriptions because to be very clear with you, I have depression and anxiety. So I just went to fill all my depression and anxiety medications, and I, with my great insurance, I have really good insurance, I had to pay $90 for the month for my medications. I know many other people have to pay hundreds of hundreds of dollars more, even thousands dollars more than I just had to pay, but I was shocked because I used to have a copay of $5 a prescription, and then it went up to $10 a prescription, and now I have a couple that are $30 a prescription. And so while I had that shock, uh, I just come from the doctor, and my copay at the doctor was $20, and that is nothing compared to what a lot of people have to pay. In fact, a lot of people have to avoid going to the doctor because they don't have health care. They don't have insurance. Jordan, uh, not to blow up his spot, as he would say, but he just had to get off of his Cobra insurance. And so he was looking around at all the options that are available to him, and there aren't many. He's going to have to end up paying a hell of a lot of money to have not very good insurance at all. So... Um, you know, going forward. And the Cobra was was expensive as well. It's all so expensive. Thai is also dealing with with healthcare issues. It's a lot of money. People end up paying a lot of money for very little. And then they have high deductibles and co-pays and things like that. And then there are people who have to go without completely. Healthcare, I believe, is a human right. Or, as Bernie Sanders would say, a human right. So that's what I'm going to talk about is Bernie Sanders, and he recently unveiled a new version of his plan, and he recently wrote an opinion in BuzzFeed about this. So I think it's an important topic to cover, and it is one of, if not the most important issue uh, for the 2020 campaign. And I honestly believe that because of the way Bernie ran in 2016, Medicare for all is now commonly accepted among Democrats. And it's even commonly accepted among Republicans. And it is because of Bernie Sanders. Before then, no, not even Democrats were supporting. Not even Democrats were, were signing on to his Medicare for all bill. Now, it's it's become more mainstream, and that gives me hope that it could become something that is accessible and available for all Americans, that just like every other developed country, healthcare is a human right, and everyone is covered, and that's the dream. It's going to save so many lives, and not to be a fangirl, but it's because of Bernie Sanders. You can see my Bernie bear behind me. <laughs> I... And make no bones about the fact that I am a Bernie girl because of his policies. It's all about the policies. So uh, let's read Bernie Sanders opinion. There's actually something kind of funny in here that, uh, that makes me giggle. So let's see here. Bernie wrote this in buzzfeed and it cracks me up that it says bernie sanders buzzfeed contributor so let's read this piece from buzzfeed contributor bernie sanders the title opinion bernie sanders medicare for all's moment is here don't back down those who make billions from our broken healthcare system will spend enormous amounts trying to divide us but we cannot rest and we cannot back down this is in bernie's voice a decade ago when i introduced legislation guaranteeing medical care to every american the proposal was cast as a radical and unrealistic measure and i could not convince a single senator to co-sponsor the bill 10 years later our medicare for all bill has widespread support in the house and senate and polls show medicare for all is supported by a majority of americans including a majority of republicans as the House this week held historic hearings about Medicare for All, we must remember that this transformation did not happen by accident. It happened because Americans from all walks of life understand that we have a dysfunctional health care system designed to make huge profits for the drug companies and the insurance companies while tens of millions remain uninsured or underinsured and we pay the highest prices in the world for prescription drugs. And these Americans are now fighting back. They are not only resisting Trump's efforts to throw thirty-two million people off the health care they have, they are demanding that healthcare in the United States be given be considered a right, not a privilege. Now, because of these grassroots efforts, we are on the verge of a historic victory, and that reality is prompting a backlash from the powerful special interests that continue to reap hundreds of billions of dollars from the status quo. But our message must be clear we must remember the lessons of history and refuse to back down. This is not going to be an easy fight. To try to stop our movement's momentum for Medicare for All, the insurance and pharmaceutical industries have recently formed a front group called the Partnership for America's Healthcare Future. In reality, this is a partnership to protect healthy industry profits. Through deceptive ads, the the group's goal is to try to persuade legislators to oppose Medicare for All or divide and confuse us with weaker proposals. This group's members aren't patients or consumers or people impacted by our current healthcare system. They are insurance companies in the pharmaceutical industry's lobbying group. These groups spent $143 million on lobbying in 2018 to try to preserve a system that is a disaster for millions of Americans, but that is making big money for CEOs. In 2017 alone, while Americans were getting crushed by higher premiums and prescription drug prices, the top 65 healthcare CEOs made $1.7 billion in compensation, and the 25 highest paid CEOs in the pharmaceutical industry made roughly $440 million. So it should be no surprise that these companies and their political groups will spend enormous sums of money to try to stop us. But let's let us be absolutely clear. These frantic attempts to derail our progress are a sign that we are winning. And that means we cannot rest, we cannot back down, and we cannot accept any substitute. We must stand firm and unequivocally declaring that through a Medicare for all system, we are going to make healthcare a human right for all people in this country. By the way, it's very difficult to not read that in a Bernie voice a human right. Our bill expands Medicare to cover all people and to cover long-term care. It will reduce overall healthcare spending and finally end the situation whereby Americans are forced to choose between putting food on the table and paying for medicine. Let's go ahead and I will play this uh, clip straight from Bernie so you can hear it from the man himself. one second don't know why it's not playing come on Bernie what you doing here let me refresh the page sorry about that do 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 waiting waiting for mister Sanders here we go
1: uh, here's a radical idea the function of health care should be to provide quality care to every man, woman, and child as a right not to make tens of billions in profits for the insurance companies and the drug companies. Uh, We have come a long way in the last four years in getting the American people on board the principle that the United States of America should not be the only major country on earth not to guarantee health care to all people as a right. That, to my mind, is an embarrassment and that is an embarrassment we are going to end. So let us stand up, let's have the guts to take on the drug companies and the insurance companies, and let us finally do what should have been done decades ago and make certain that healthcare is a human right, not just a privilege. Thank you all.
0: There we go, that's Mr. Sanders from his uh, YouTube account. And here is some good news to remember as we begin the 2020 presidential election campaign. If we keep pushing, history suggests that we will be victorious. Recall that in the mid-20th century, President Harry Truman first proposed guaranteeing health care to seniors. This idea was billed as radical, un-American, and an attack on basic freedom that would be a political loser. And because of that withering assault, the idea stalled in Congress for years until voters made their voices heard. In 1960, America elected John F. Kennedy after he campaigned in support of Truman's idea. By the way, JFK is my absolutely favorite. I my absolute favorite. I am completely obsessed. <laughs> that election promoted prompted a health care bill to finally begin being debated in congress and kennedy at the time noted that what we are now talking about doing most of the countries of europe did years ago of course the legislation was initially blocked by republicans and conservative democrats who argued that if the proposal passed it would be nothing short of the end of the republic americans though were not deterred they fought back With 1964 election landslide that was so enormous, the new Congress was all but forced to immediately pass what is now known as Medicare. It took a big election with voters changing the balance of power on Capitol Hill, as Princeton historian Julian Zelizer wrote. More than half a century after that achievement, we are now at a similar moment in American history. This is a moment that requires us to say louder and more clearly than ever that healthcare is a human right, not a privilege. This is a moment to point out that Medicare is the country's most popular and cost-effective healthcare program, and that by expanding it to cover everyone, we will save Americans money. This is a moment to say that we cannot accept any more Americans dying or going bankrupt for lack of medical care. This is a moment to proudly declare that Medicare for All's time has come. In short, this is a moment to stand up, not stand down. If we do that, we will win. And that is something that I absolutely believe. If if we don't back down, if we keep protesting, if we keep making our voices heard, if we make sure our politicians in power know that this is what we demand, not just what we want, but what we demand, that we will get Medicare for all. And it will be because of Bernie Sanders, of course, but it will also be because of all of us. The American people need to stand up and demand what Europeans and other developed countries already have. We don't need to listen to these propaganda groups, which I'll get into more. Bernie mentioned it in this uh, opinion piece of his, that there are propaganda groups out there battling against Medicare for all and trying to trick people. As I said, it's total propaganda trying to trick people into not supporting Medicare for all or into backing down. We cannot, we must not back down at all. Medicare for all will happen. And here we go. Here uh, in Newsweek, Bernie Sanders calls out anti-Medicare for all front group. Bernie Sanders singled out insurance and pharmaceutical industry front group Partnership for America's Healthcare Future, in a new editorial for BuzzFeed, calling on supporters of Medicare for All legislation to refuse to back down. We've already read uh, this quote here. But Sanders cautions that, even with Medicare for All's overwhelming public support, a backlash from powerful special interests that continue to reap hundreds of billions of dollars from the status quo will make passage of universal single-payer healthcare a difficult fight. Sanders specifically calls out the Partnership for America's Healthcare Future, an alliance of private interests, including lobbyists from health insurance, private hospital, and pharmaceutical industry, formed in the summer of 2018. Slides from a PAHCF presentation leaked to the Intercept outline two primary objectives for the alliance change the national conversation around single payer Medicare for all and minimize the potential for this option in healthcare from becoming part of a national political party's platform in 2020. To pursue their goal of thwarting Medicare for all, which not only enjoys broad popular support but also shares 122 co-sponsors in the House of Representatives and Senate. Now imagine that. Remember, Bernie said 10 years ago he couldn't get a single senator to support Medicare for All. Now there's 122 in Congress who have co-sponsored, supported Medicare for All. That is huge. It's enormous. The Partnership for America's Healthcare Future has lobbied members of Congress and engaged in an ad-buying blitz including thousands of anti-Medicare for All Facebook and Twitter ads, typically hyper-targeted at Democratic co-sponsors of Medicare for All legislation. Members of the partnership spent a combined $143 million in 2018, including $23 million in lobbying money from insurance giant Blue Cross Blue Shield and nearly $28 million from pharmaceutical industry trade group Pharmaceutical Research and Manufacturers of America, according to data from the Center for Responsive Politics. Big Pharma, health insurers, and for-profit hospitals are now using our health care premiums to publicly attack legislators who defend our right to health care, Benjamin Day, director of the pro-single-payer organization Healthcare Now, told Truthout in an article cited by Sanders. More can and should be done to extend coverage and control costs, but with roughly ninety percent of Americans now covered and a majority satisfied with their coverage and care, we should not be working to together. We should be working together to build and improve on what's working, not tear it down as Senator Sanders would do. Remember, that's propaganda. PAHCF Executive Director, Lauren Crawford Shaver Crawford Shaver who coordinates grassroots efforts, in quotes, for lobbying firm Forbes Tate Partners. Ads paid for by the Partnership for America's Healthcare Future have argued that anything from full Medicare for All legislation to expanding the ACA with a public option will lead to higher taxes and less patient choice for every American family by disrupting the current system and preventing public programs like state-by-state Medicaid expansions and federal subsidies to private insurance from bringing down costs. Sanders characterized PAHCF ads as deceptive, and they absolutely are. Remember, this is propaganda. Currently drafted Medicare for All legislation would dramatically expand patient choice by eliminating private insurance networks. Medicare for all legislation would also eliminate copays and deductibles, further empowering the one in four Americans who have refused medical care because of high costs, often even with insurance. As for higher taxes, economist Matt Brunig argues in the New York Times that, even with the additional tax burden, most income groups will pay less from their wages than they currently do in private insurance premiums. A RAND study on single-payer legislation under consideration in New York State found that health care costs would be dramatically lower for low- and middle-income people, with only individuals earning above $134,000 or $276,000 for a family of four paying more than they do now. It's so important that you'll be able to pick out the propaganda you're going to see these ads you're going to hear these things in the news that are presented as independent news articles but in fact they're propaganda paid for by the pharmaceutical industry planted by the pharmaceutical and medical private medical industries and as Bernie said you have to be aware of it and you have to stand up and fight against it we cannot allow these propaganda groups to take over to sway public opinion to make people think they'll be paying more because they will not be paying more. As you can see, they'll be paying far, far less. Let's take a look at some more of this uh, propaganda. In USA Today, Medicare for All system could be complicated, potentially disruptive, says budget analysts. Uh Uh-huh. Let's play this clip first from Mr. Sanders again.
1: Health care is a human right, not a privilege. And together we are going to end the international embarrassment of the United States of America, our great country, being the only major nation on earth not to guarantee health care to all as a right. That is going to end. It is not a radical idea to say that in the United States, every American who goes to a doctor should be able to afford the prescription drugs he or she needs. We should not tolerate a system which allows the top 10 drug companies to make 69 billion dollars in profits last year while at the same time, and this is really unbelievable, one out of five Americans who get a prescription from their doctor cannot even afford to fill that prescription. How crazy is that?
0: This is something that is so vital to humanity. Healthcare must be a right, not a privilege because it is what we believe. It's what our country needs. This has to become the next social safety net. It has to become something that is there for you no matter what. No matter if you can afford it, no matter where you live, no matter what.
1: Has the president or anyone.
0: So there you have it. We even have Kirsten Dillibrand on board now, which who knows if that's for political reasons because she's also running for president, But it doesn't matter. The more support we have, whether it's fake political support or not, the better. Now, let's get into, well, first of all, let's talk about that. What Bernie said was, it is a national, worldwide embarrassment that we don't have Medicare for All. Everyone else is like WTF. Why don't you have Medicare for all? You know, we do (laughs) we do in this country and it works great So it is an embarrassment The only reason we don't have it is because of the propaganda and lies from the pharmaceutical and medical industries We can't fall for it. And I'll say that again and again just as Bernie is Back to some propaganda Again, this is in USA Today. As Medicare for All increasingly becomes a battle cry for Democrats on Capitol Hill and those running for president, the nonpartisan Congressional Budget Office weighed in Wednesday on how difficult it could be to move to a single government health care system. The transition toward a single-payer system could be complicated, challenging, and potentially disruptive, budget analysts wrote. The report was issued a day after a House committee held a hearing on a bill supported by more than 100 House Democrats that would move the nation to a single government insurer in two years. CBO said establishing a single-payer system would be a major undertaking that would involve substantial changes in how people get health care, what care they get, how much providers are paid, and who pays the bills. Well, duh, but they're making that sound like a negative thing when it's a positive thing. The report also said a single-payer system could substantially reduce the number of uninsured, which currently averages about 29 million people a month. But if undocumented immigrants are not allowed to participate, about 11 million U.S. residents could end up without coverage. About half of undocumented immigrants have coverage now. So obviously that would have to be taken into account. That is a good point. The changes could significantly affect the U.S. economy. The magnitude of the effect on the nation and individuals is hard to predict because the evidence CBO would rely on to make these predictions comes from much smaller changes to the healthcare system, a.k.a. they have no idea. Whether the nation and individuals would end up spending more or less on healthcare would depend on key features such as how much healthcare providers would be paid, what services would be covered, and whether patients would be required to share some of the costs. This is completely unfounded, obviously people would end up spending less on healthcare. Uh, Those who are not wealthy would end up spending less on healthcare, as we've seen. Benefits of a single-payer system could include lower administrative costs and more incentives to improve people's health. So by more incentives to improve people's health, they mean less people would die and people would be healthier. (laughs) But patients may also have a longer wait time or reduce access to care if there aren't enough physicians to meet increased demand. Of course, there would be enough physicians to meet increased demand. And by increased demand, they mean more people would be getting health care. That's absolutely a ridiculous point to make. And they also say patients may also have less choice than they have now. That's completely ridiculous and not even worth getting into. Expanding access to health insurance through a multi-payer system instead of a single-payer model could be less disruptive and give patients greater choice. Who cares about disruptiveness? Yes, let's disrupt the entire corrupt and terrible healthcare system. It's awful. People have to go without care all the time. People are sick and dying. So, this CBO report is complete bullcrap. But the nation would probably spend more on healthcare than it would under a single payer system. Uh, ding, ding, ding. Most Democrats for President have voiced support for some version of a Medicare for All system, such as allowing some people without insurance to purchase coverage through Medicare. But not all go as far as Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders, who made it a centerpiece of his 2016 presidential campaign. And it's still grown. Uh, the CBO report was requested by Representative John Yarmuth, the Kentucky Democrat who heads the House Budget Committee. Yarmouth said he wanted to hear from experts how policy choices would affect costs and care before the Budget Committee holds its review. Yarmuth said Wednesday that it's no longer a matter of if we will have a single-payer health care system in our country, but when. So that's very encouraging. Many Republicans are eager for Democrats to advance a proposal, hoping to gain a political advantage in the next election by portraying it as a radical government takeover of the healthcare system. Remember, most actual Republicans are supportive of Medicare for All. Uh, it's just the Republicans in power that want to use it this way. Polling by the nonpartisan Kaiser Family Foundation shows broad support for incremental approaches to nationalizing health care, including letting some people buy into Medicare or Medicaid, but public option can shift dramatically depending on how the idea is framed. A slight majority, 56%, surveyed by Kaiser in January, backed the idea of all Americans getting insurance from a single government plan. Support shot up to 71%, and opposition fell 27% when respondents were told Medicare for all could guarantee health insurance as a right for all Americans so again part of the propaganda is framing it's how it is how it is framed if you frame it the way that Bernie Sanders says it that health care is a human right people support it in mass levels of support and opposition flipped when respondents were asked if their views of the proposal Uh, excuse me, were asked their views if the proposal would lead to delays in people getting some medical tests and treatments. There's no reason to think that it would lead to getting uh, to having delays by the way. Larry Lovett, senior vice president of the Kaiser Family Foundation said the CBO report didn't answer the most important question of how much a single-payer system would cost or save consumers, the health system, and the federal government probably the most important message from the cbo report is that the details of how a medicare for all proposal is designed will matter a lot for how much it costs he tweeted who is eligible how much cost sharing do patients have if any how much do providers get paid which taxes go up so there you have it the opinion from bernie sanders and kirsten gillibrand as well healthcare is a human right All Americans deserve health care. We're way behind in this, a single payer system, and there's no reason why we can't enact it. But there are powerful groups lobbying against this, putting out propaganda, taking out ads to push this propaganda. There are also people who pretend to support Medicare for all, but are really proposing something very different and these incremental changes. So you really have to be careful and look at who you're supporting, who actually supports fully Medicare for All, and Bernie Sanders does. And in my opinion, we can only accept a presidential candidate and eventually a president who supports and makes sure that we get Medicare for All, that every single American is covered. Healthcare is absolutely a human right. So that's all for today. Be aware of that propaganda that's out there. Be smart about it, and don't stop fighting for Medicare for all. Bye-bye!